Welcome to episode 14 of this very, very, for me it's late to be podcasting, but this very late podcast, it has been, uh, it's been quite the week for, for some sports, uh, right now, you know, I, I didn't realize this and it's, it's week eight of the college football season, right? It's week eight and I'm just now noticing this, but college football doesn't start on Saturday. It's not just Saturdays. It starts on Wednesday and goes all the way through Saturday to be followed up with the NFL on Sunday and Monday. So there is one day throughout the week, Tuesdays, that don't have football. Every single day except for Tuesdays has football. Tonight, and again, as I was writing out the prompt for this podcast, uh, Appalachian State beat Georgia State forty-two to seventeen. So, so you go Appalachian State. You you have a winning record. You do that. Pop off, sis. But this is episode fourteen of the Little Lossie Podcast, sponsored by OK Listen Here Media Company, and I'm super excited for this episode because there's just a lot of things going on. And uh, yeah, let's let's hop right into it. So, so to start off. Um, I'm starting this week's episode off with my hot takes because I done told y'all that Tennessee was going to beat Alabama and y'all didn't want to believe me. Did nobody want to believe me except for those that actually like Tennessee. Everyone else was like, oh, you're crazy, you're stupid. I told y'all two weeks ago, Tennessee was not, or Tennessee was going to win. And here's the thing. They beat Alabama at home in Neyland and it was freaking madness. I'll tell you what was mad about it. It was it was heading into the fourth quarter, right? And the apartment complex that I live at just went the Wi-Fi just went out, it, and it and it stayed out. It stayed out until the next morning, and it it's never done that before. It has never just gone out for longer than like five minutes. But you know, it went out to the next morning. But luckily. My lovely, lovely fiance Sydney has hotspot on her phone. I have AT&T, and where I live, AT&T doesn't reach because AT&T sucks, and that's why I'm switching to Verizon. I'm pretty sure I could probably get copyright stricken for just saying that, switch to Verizon, but I'll be switching to Verizon at some point, hopefully within the next year, for the sole purpose that I'm living in a place that doesn't get good AT&T service, and I need to watch college football. Okay, I sound like a five-year-old, but that's okay. Pretty sure every man becomes a five-year-old whenever it comes to college football. So, Tennessee beat Alabama off of a field goal. It was awesome. It was great. Where I live, I'm probably two hours away from Knoxville. It'd be a little bit closer than that if we weren't in the mountains. It'd actually probably be like 45 minutes away. Okay, maybe an hour. I'll give it an hour. Say an hour. Just... To be safe, but probably about an hour away, and I am pretty sure that 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 night when that field goal went through the uprights, I'm pretty sure there was an earthquake. I know for a fact that there was some place in Knoxville, Tennessee, that wasn't too it wasn't too terribly far, maybe a mile away from from the stadium, that they had like a they had like an earthquake sensor or something, and it it started it started going off. Like the thing, literally, like seriously, if you don't believe me, look into it. But the thing started going off, and like you can tell the time of when like T 
Tennessee scored the field goal, when Tennessee scored a touchdown, when Tennessee, you know, did this, did that. It, it was just freaking madness. It was just madness. That was the best game I think I've ever watched in my entire life. It was awesome. Run it back because I want to see it again. So, moving on for the Tennessee Volunteers, um, I, I'm not even concerned for the Vols and the, the fact that they have to take on Georgia. I'll be honest. Whenever I made the take that they're going to beat Alabama and then go on to win the national championship, I, I totally forgot that they still had to play Georgia. But I ain't even concerned. I'm not even concerned. I've had a lot of heat on TikTok right here recently because I'm so confident that the Tennessee Volunteers are going to take down Georgia. And you know what? Yes, the abs- the defense was absolute dog water against Alabama. But if Mizzou can hold Georgia to just 26 points, and Samford, an FCS school playing in the SOCON, they can't half compete with Western Carolina. Okay, actually, I'm pretty sure they blew them out. But you get my point. They held them to 33 points. I think Tennessee could polish things up over the next two weeks against UT Martin in Kentucky and, and pull a win off over, over Georgia. So, Neyland, they had nearly 102,000 people in the stadium that night. And I'd like to think that those noise levels in Neyland played a strong role in this win. Hindsight being 2020, is I'm kind of contradicting myself a little here. But had that game been played in Tuscaloosa, again, because it was decided by a field goal, I, if it was played in Tuscaloosa, Bama, Bama would have had I, – I'll say Bama would have won. I think Bama would have won had it been played down in Alabama. So that's kind of my big concern about Tennessee going down to Georgia – is that they're playing at Georgia and not in Tennessee because I'd like to imagine that the home field advantage for Tennessee is just ridiculous. But regardless, that game was awesome, and it'll likely say it's the most exciting game that I've ever watched for a really long time. I'll defend my take that I, that I had next week and say that Tennessee should be ranked over Michigan, and look at there. Here we are. Tennessee is ranked over Michigan. So congratulations, Tennessee Volunteers. That was an awesome game. Thank you to the Tennessee Volunteers TikTok community for absolutely blowing up one of one of my posts on there. If you don't follow me on TikTok, you gotta you gotta go ahead and do that. Gotta go ahead and follow me on the TikTok. You can follow me at Dawson Aro. That's my TikTok. I'm I'm I'll be posting on there a little bit more just because I can piss off some Georgia fans. But since we're doing follow ups and my hot takes of the week, I'm gonna follow up with Kansas, and they should not be ranked. And sure enough, look at there. I'm 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 basically two and zero on takes right now. One that Tennessee is going to beat Bama, okay. And two, Kansas should not be ranked, okay. Shout out to my Sooners for booting the Jayhawks out of the rankings. Oklahoma might be bad this season, but I think they're just bad by Oklahoma standards and not by all of college football standards. I mean, just like seriously, like take the best team in the American Athletic Conference, whoever that is. You think they're going to beat Alabama? No. Not Alabama. Oklahoma? No. Absolutely not. It ain't happening. CUSA? No. Any group of five team, Oklahoma's smoking out of the water. Okay. They just got some good competition this year, I guess. It's first year with the new head coach. Blah, 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 blah. If you've heard other podcasts, you've heard me spiel on this before, so I won't stick to it too long. Though Kansas was booted out of the top 25, they are still receiving votes. But of the team's outside of the top 25 receiving, hold on, wait a minute. Kansas is still receiving votes, right? Okay. But of the teams that are still receiving votes, Purdue, LSU, South Carolina, and Central Florida are ahead of them. So that technically 
if you're going by technicality, that technically makes Kansas like the number 30 team in the nation, which is still good. It's still good. I think that's a great place for them to be. So just let's just let's just keep them receiving votes. Like let's let's not get too far ahead of ourselves and put Kansas in the top 25. So speaking of Oklahoma, what a way to bounce back. Unlike Alabama, Oklahoma was able to uphold their winning streak. Oklahoma's reign of terror against Kansas now extends to 18 games. This streak has lasted since 2000, the turn of the century. Kansas has never seen, if you were if you were born when I was born, you've never seen Kansas beat Oklahoma. It just hasn't happened. My fiance has never seen Kansas beat Oklahoma. What? That's just awesome. It's just awesome to think that a rivalry has, or not a rivalry, it's not a rivalry, but that a winning streak has been going on for that long. It's longer than my fiance's life. <laughs> and so poor, poor Kansas. They just, this was, this was supposed to be the year that they could do it. And unfortunately they couldn't do it. So with their 52 to 42 win over Kansas, Brent Venables still has not had a losing record as a head coach all time, not in the big 12, but all time. He has not had a losing record. Currently the Oklahoma Sooners sit at four and three and the road ahead it kind of scares me a little bit uh, because it's not going to be any easier than than the last six games that they played. But uh, luckily for the Sooners, they have a week to reset before taking on Iowa State. And then following that is Baylor, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech. It kind of blows. The Bedlam is not the last game of the season for the Sooners and Oklahoma State. And I'm just going to say this. Sydney has different opinions on this, but uh, – she doesn't think that it's possible that Bedlam will ever end, but I think fans should really enjoy these next few seasons because once Oklahoma joins the SEC, by the sounds of it, by what I've been hearing from Oklahoma State's athletic department, coaches, whatever, you name it, Oklahoma doesn't want the smoke when Oklahoma moves to the SEC. So, moving on to my new hot takes of the week. I think this one's hot. This one's a little bit hotter than my Tennessee beating Bama. Okay. I think that Syracuse is going to beat Clemson this weekend. Again, like I said, I was more confident saying Tennessee's going to beat Bama, but with how Syracuse has been playing this year, it isn't the craziest take that I'll ever have. It really isn't. So, as a matter of fact, I think my next take is probably a little bit crazier. It'll be a close game. It'll be a close game. But my next take is a little bit crazier. So... Here's the thing. College game day, they go to all these different places, and usually it's like the best game of the week. And this week, they're going to they're going to Oregon to watch Oregon versus UCLA, two powerhouse teams in the Pac-12. Pretty sure both of them are ranked in the top 10. That's great and everything, but let, let's be honest with ourselves. College football runs in the South. It it, it it's it's a southern game. Like, I don't care if you're Big Ten, Pac-12. Mountain West, whatever whatever the hell you may be a fan of, what your team's a part of, college football is best in the South. That There is no debating it. You can't debate it. I don't care if we're at the Penn State whiteout game. You can't tell me that going to freaking Neyland for the Alabama-Tennessee game is better or is worse than any whiteout game. Like, seriously. Like, seriously. Even when Tennessee wasn't beating Alabama, you going to tell me that you'd rather go to Penn State for the whiteout? No. I'd much rather go to Tennessee at Tennessee, watching Alabama and Tennessee play 
and watch Tennessee get blown out. Like it just, it's just a whole different vibe down here in the South. So college game day is heading to Oregon this weekend. And I think that is stupid. I think it's stupid that they're heading out West. Ain't nobody, I ain't going to watch it. You know, I like watching college game day, but I ain't going to watch no stupid Oregon versus UCLA. It ain't going to happen. So the game that I think they should have went to, which I think is going to be the most exciting game of the week, is Missouri versus Vanderbilt. Now, hold on. Before you start going, what, 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 what is this guy talking about? Missouri versus Vanderbilt. They're two worst teams in the SEC. They both haven't beaten an SEC opponent all season long. Uh, shut up. Just shut up. Shut up. Okay, look, here's the deal. We have two 0-3 SEC SEC teams playing against one another. Vanderbilt has the opportunity to hit 50% win, have a 50% win percentage. And as far as I'm concerned, this this is like this is like uh, how do I explain this one? It's like if you had if you had 10 different whiskeys, right? It's like if you had 10 different whiskeys and you know, it just all the other ones you you've had before, you know, you've been drinking a lot of them, you're kind of sick of them, and now you just, you know, that 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 10th favorite whiskey is there. It's there, and it's better than it's better than everything else you've been drinking, you know. And like it's like you don't necessarily want to drink it, but it's better than everything else you got, right? So, you go ahead and you drink some. At the end of the day, you're still happy because it's whiskey, right? Yeah. So, what I'm saying is, as far as I'm concerned, if you look at the SEC schedule this weekend, and I'll I'll pull up, I'll pull up, I'll pull up, let me pull up who's playing. I'll pull up who's playing. But if you look at the SEC schedule for this week, as far as I'm concerned, this is the most exciting game in the SEC this week, Okay. Tennessee has a cupcake game this week against UT Martin, okay? Ole Miss and LSU, I get it. Like, two blue-chip teams playing against one another, but LSU ain't even ranked. Cool. Mississippi State, Alabama, those are the two teams in the top 25 that are playing against one another. And then you have Texas A&M and South Carolina, which will be a good game. But let's just understand that this Vanderbilt-Missouri game has a little bit more at stake, right? Because both of them are currently 0-3 in the SEC, and the winner of this game will be 1-3, and and the other one will be 0-4. And And who wants to come out and be the 0-4 team coming out of this game? Personally, I think it's going to be Vanderbilt. I think Mizzou will will come through and win this one. But I think in the SEC this week, I think this this game has the most at stake. It's crazy. I know it's crazy. I told you it would be a crazy take, but I tried to warn you. Let me just say, if you're still listening at this point, I, <laughs> I appreciate it. This is just pure entertainment, right? Okay, it's not pure entertainment. I'm actually serious. All right, let's move on to my my final take of the week. And I'm actually going to go back on a take that I had. Um, you know, just kind of following football in, in the state of North Carolina this season. Uh, you know, and especially down here at the Division Two level, you know, last week I said that Lenore Ryan should be in the FCS, right? That's what I said. Yeah, no. No, they should not be in the FCS. I, not a shot. Uh, I think they should be in the FBS. And uh, I'm just going to sit here and let that one marinate for a second. 
Yeah, Lenore Ryan, a Division II team, I think they should just go ahead and make the leap to the FBS level because here's the thing. I'm looking at UNC Charlotte here, and in the last 10 years at the FBS level, UNC Charlotte has only produced one winning season, and from the looks of it, unless Jesus himself comes down and blesses the UNC Charlotte 49ers football team, they ain't winning the next five games. This ain't the year. So what I'm getting at is I think if you were to slap Lenore Ryan into the Conference USA next season and give him 10 years, I could about guarantee that the Bears would have multiple winning seasons. Yes, I I said multiple. So more, more than one. Like Charlotte has only had one. I guarantee you Lenore Ryan would have more than one. So speaking of Lenore Ryan, they took care of business this weekend, shutting out the Barton Bulldogs with a 34 to nothing win. This upcoming weekend, they'll take on the number 16, Newberry. I, I don't know if they're the Wolves, the Wolf. There's something. I don't even care. It's Newberry. Who cares about Newberry? Last weekend, they beat Catawba, who is currently 1-6 on the season by just seven points. So... In my books, this uh, this is an easy dub for LR. They're currently ranked number 12 on the season for Division II football. And, uh, you know, yep, get, just go ahead and make that jump to the FBS. I mean, you get there, you might struggle the first two years, but you'll figure it out along the way. Y'all are smarter than UNC Charlotte. Y'all, y'all figure it out. So, finally, to round off my college football talk for the week, got to talk about my Carolina Tar Heels. It just kind of is an outlier here. It had nothing to do with any hot takes that I had. So, Carolina Tar Heels, they are now ranked number 22 in the nation. Looky there. They are back in the top 25. Freaking imagine that. How long is this going to last? But they're back in the top 25 after a very close 38-35 win against that pompous team from Durham. And right now, I think the Tar Heels' future is theirs to ruin. If history repeats itself, they're probably going to win like three of the next five games. Okay, and just have two rinky-dink losses. Uh, well, it wouldn't be a rinky-dink loss if they lost to, like, Wake Forest and NC State. I would understand that one. But, you know, it, it just, again, history repeating itself. They'll probably lose to – who are they playing? Let's see. Let's take a look. Yeah, so, like, they got a few teams up coming up that aren't currently ranked Pittsburgh, Virginia, and Georgia Tech, they will probably lose to Virginia just just because, like, literally there there will be no reason for it. They're just going to lose to Virginia because it happens. And the Carolina Tar Heels like to lose to stupid teams. But you know what? If they can win out the rest of the season, I think it's highly possible that we see the Tar Heels ranked in the top 10 at the end of this year and possibly going up against uh, either Syracuse or Clemson at the end of the year. For the ACC championship, personally, if the Tar Heels and Syracuse make it to the ACC championship, I might be going to that one. Might be going to that one. That would be a fun game to go to. I'd appreciate it. See one of the boys on Syracuse go up against my Tar Heels. I don't know who I'd even root for because I want to see my boy succeed over at Syracuse. But I also want to see my Tar Heels win an ACC championship in, in football. I ain't concerned about basketball, but in football, I want to see him win it. So that rounds off college football for the week. Let's move on to a little something different, a little something away from football. Sorry, guys. I know I talk about football so much. Y'all are just so used to me talking about football, but 
this week the NBA season kicked off. This is like my favorite season for like the first two weeks, and then I just get bored until playoffs roll around. I think that's how everyone is. And Charlotte Hornets, uh, if you're listening, uh, you're probably listening to this on Thursday. Yeah, you're listening to this on Thursday because it's 11.45 right now. Um, but the Charlotte Hornets last night, they started the season off on the right foot with a 129-102 to 102 win against the San Antonio Spurs. And this was all done without LaMelo Ball because he is out on it with an ankle sprain and Scary Terry and the Hornets, they took care of business against San Antonio. Now, this week it has been brought to my attention that, uh, yeah, the Hornets, oh, God, it's it's going to be quite the season for them because there's already a lot of a lot of drama circulating the team, uh, you know, just just right as the season has has begun this offseason. Uh, I think most of us probably know about the situation with Miles Bridges and the domestic domestic violence thing that happened. Um, that was awful. Young star, a lot of potential, will probably never see the league again, uh, and reasonably so. And then we have Book Knight who I think is in his second season. We drafted him last season, or was it this season? I don't remember when we drafted him. He's young. But he was arrested on Sunday for a possession of an uh, – I don't know if it was an illegal firearm. It wasn't concealed. He's currently pending to get to get his concealed carry license. Uh, but he was arrested on Sunday for possession of a gun and DWI. And is, he is – here's the crazy thing. He's currently out on bond, Okay. So he was arrested on Sunday, and then on Wednesday, he's out on the court playing for the Hornets. He the, the Hornets provided him with 14 minutes, and boy, did he have just a career game. He went 0-5 from the field, four of which, which were attempted three-pointers, okay? Then he, then he has two rebounds and one assist. What a game, Buck Knight. What a game. Way to bounce back from your DWI. Uh, oh, God. I know. I think I've talked about this on episode, like, in in season one, if you will. Uh, just, I, I really, I just don't understand the thought process behind people who have got all this potential in the world doing stupid crap, like driving while intoxicated. Like, that's got to be, like, the easiest crime to avoid ever. Like, oh, I had a sip of alcohol? Let me... Let, let me just sleep here tonight. Like, come on. Like, just crash where you're at, man. Like, it, 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 it sucks to see this many athletes ruin a career because, you know, a little bit of maker's mark goes in their system or something like that. Like, come on. So, on top of this, this week the Hornets announced that they would not be extending forward, the young forward, P.J. Washington, who's played a pivotal role for the Charlotte Hornets in his first two seasons in the league. So it looks like this is either this is PJ Washington's last season with the Hornets, or they're looking to sign him on long term, which I hope is the case because PJ is an asset. I don't think he's a thirty million dollar asset, uh, you know. But give him like you know maybe twelve to fifteen ish for the next three, three, four years, something like that. I don't know. I don't know. So whatever. Though the Hornets won, I have absolutely zero hope for this team for this for the foreseeable future, but I'll continue to cover them until I become completely uninterested. I hope y'all enjoy LaMelo Ball while we still have him, because unless the Hornets trade him, 
He has this season and next season, and I see absolutely no reason to sign back with the Hornets. It just they have they, they have continuously just stressed me out since the days of oh what's his face oh he used to piss me off so bad oh god what what was his name uh freaking the French guy uh shoot I can't think of his name to save my life I can't think of his name Nick Batum that was it that was it paying Nick Batum what they did that still pisses me off but no hope for the Hornets not this season probably not any season ever in the future, but thank God that there is another team in another conference that I have to root for, and that is the Oklahoma City Thunder, who do have a bright future with all their young talent. Unlike the Hornets, the Thunder have not had much negative noise in the headlines since the conclusion of last season, other than Chet Holmgren getting injured. Like, okay, at least he's not out here getting DWIs and holding a pistol in his hand when the cops come find him in the parking lot. Like, come on. Now, they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves 115 to 108 and I really don't expect them I don't, I don't expect much from the Horn, from the Thunder this season. It is definitely a young growing team and you know if they don't make playoffs this year I can't really fault them for it just cuz they're young, they're learning, they're growing, they're trying to figure out the NBA and how it operates. Yada 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 yada. So, what I do like about the Thunder moving forward and and it is something that is Really drawing me back to the Thunder is Shy Gilgis Alexander um, leading this team during this period of time. Uh, he's 24 years old, has a lot of upside, is playing at an all-star level. He might have already been an all-star. I didn't do enough research. But um, he's playing at a, a tremendous level, and he he's with Oklahoma City Thunder for this season and the four seasons following. So he, he's going to be surrounded with plenty of young talent over the next four drafts and hopefully playing with a lot of the same guys within these next few years. So in my eyes, I think it's it's possible to see Oklahoma City competing for a championship, hopefully within the next, you know, four to eight years. So I'm in this for the long haul. Any success from the, from the Oklahoma City Thunder is greatly appreciated. Not expected, but appreciated. So... With that, keeping this episode very short, sweet, simple, to the point, uh, that's all I got. That is all the content that I have for y'all this week. If you're listening up to this point, I greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to participate in the Bojangles Perfect Week Challenge only on OKListenHere.com. Go win yourself some Bojangles chicken. Uh, follow us on Instagram at OKListenHere Media Company. Same thing with Facebook. Follow my TikTok, Dawson Aro. I might be posting on it every now and then, but without further ado, I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. I hope all your teams win this weekend, unless you're a Duke fan or a Texas fan or a Green Bay Packers fan. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. Peace.